Here we are. It's time for another Blunt Business on CannabisRadio.com. And I'm happy to welcome back a return guest here to Blunt Business. He oversees the leading cannabis emulsion provider, providing powering beverages, edibles, and even topicals. Best known also for co-founding Gateway Incubator, California's first business accelerator dedicated to the emerging cannabis industry. We welcome back. It's been a couple of years. We only had a little pandemic to get in between us, but I'm here <laughs> with the CEO of Vertosa, Ben Larson, here on Blunt Business. Ben, welcome back. Thank you so much, Jorge. It's great to be back on. And my pleasure. We had so much we talked about when it came to what you were doing. November, November 2019 is when we last spoke. Wow, and it was that's... right when you had changed the company's name from Nanogen Labs to Vertosa. Mm-hmm. And you had also talked about, quote, exceeding our own expectations, and now with our expanded team, unrivaled technology and partners that match our vision, Vertosa, at this time, you said this in a press release, Vertosa will play a major role in the future of cannabis. So talk to me about the goals you've achieved to complete this, to accomplish this mission. Uh, Well, look, I mean, since that was 2019, it was two years ago, pre-pandemic. Let's just say that it's quite the accomplishment for both of us to be here um, over the turmoil that's happened the last couple of years. So we're, we're, we're excited uh, to be here and, and just be on with you. Um, what we've done to that end, I guess, is kind of persisted and grown. Um, you know, we work with over 100 brands in the space across eight different markets and continuing to grow uh, that footprint. And, you know, just oh, continually. Quickly, how many brands yeah. were you working with when we last talked to you compared to now? Oh, man. Um, I would probably say doubled or tripled, maybe? Uh, definitely probably tripled. Yeah. So our, our, we've, we've three X growth year over year, um, since 2019. So, um, some of that is in with the size of clients. Some of that is with some of our clients growing alongside of us. Um, so yeah, probably I would say in the realm of 20 to 30 and then growing up over a hundred. And of course, you know, because it's the cannabis industry, unfortunately, some brands go by the wayside, new brands right. come in. Yeah. But there's been a lot of companies that have seen you as a go-to. And I mean, the one thing I've noticed, just going back to fall back up on getting this interview ready, is the amount of partnerships she's made. Oh, this company's working with Vertosa. This company's working with Vertosa. It's been yeah. like that. And yeah. I got to ask you about how you've been able to juggle all that. But what I want to get into now is very important because we talk a lot on the program about research and the need for more research out there that's going to be credible, legitimate, that's going to persuade those governing bodies that we're hoping will legalize federally. And mm-hmm. the same way goes for even like for the FDA and other government uh, governing bodies, organizations Do we need to go and have this kind of information out there and what we can do and what's available for the our educational institutions, our institutions of higher learning to help out to create the chances to give more information and more context and clarity about what's going on with what we know about, in this case, CBG, because we recently have entered into a research partnership with the University of Massachusetts Amherst. And with this mm-hmm. initiative, Vertosa is going to offer its internal insights, resources, and raw materials to support UMass's studies regarding the nutritional applications of cannabigerol or CBG and those interactions with one's diet as a central focus on the research. The partnership will study on the pharmacokinetics, pharmacokinetics and mm-hmm. pharmacodynamics of cannabinoids and cannabis and cannabis infused products. So take a minute, to, take a couple minutes to just explain the main objective of this research partnership. 
Yeah, I mean, look, the, the, the kind of question that was worked in there at the beginning and that, that last question kind of work in concert. So how have we been able to do what we do and juggle so many different partners? And, and really, the key is focus. Like we focus actually on one very small part, literally and figuratively, of, of that final product. You know, credit goes to the brands for, for bringing great products to market. You know, the, the flavor, the, the packaging, the branding, the distribution, like that's all done outside of our door. So it allows us to really just focus on creating the best active ingredient that we can. And in order to do that, and the benefit of, of doing that is that we get to really put the science behind it, the science that everyone is looking for, because we have this concentration of, of brands that have a vested interest in it. And so as a private company in the cannabis space, we also have to be smart with our money. And as you probably know, doing research is expensive. Um, doing a pharmacokinetic study is is easily into the six figures. And so if we're doing study after study, it's going to benefit us and everyone else if we can find partnerships that are also also funded to do this research. And so now, I want to ask real quickly, because of the fact that there's some cases where there might be an oversupply, because we know there's a lot of companies that have that kind of thing that happened to try to, they can't go and get the product out to demand. We always hear about Canada and the level of supply they have versus demand and how they must have to export some of their products to other countries. Mm -hmm. I mean, in this case, do you feel like there's something where you're, if you have an overabundance of resources and raw materials, that this is such a great way to go ahead and use what you can't sell or what you can't put the put on the store shelves? You know, it's an interesting question. Um, absolutely. We could go that route. I, I, I think the, the scale is so vastly different, right? Like the, the scale that we need to do a study is actually relatively small. The, the complexity of these studies is actually finding the right participants, having them consistently involved, like getting good data and, and structuring it. And that takes time, right? And then obviously the analysis afterwards. The, the volume issues that we're facing, like in the more mature markets like California and Canada, I mean, these are just orders of magnitude larger. And so it's kind of in our, in our sense, unrelated, but as a business, you know, what we are feeling uh, has been a benefit uh, of our companies that trying to build that consistency from one state to the next, where, you know, in California, you might have oil extract that is a, a 10th of the cost of that in Massachusetts. And that's really challenging for, for brands to understand and navigate when they go from state to state. And so we're helping to kind of, uh, draw that continuity. But when it comes to the research side, it's more about just finding the, enough people and enough institutions to really get involved in the, in the research more so than anything. As I was looking up also, I, I, I came across an announcement for study volunteers from U, UMass Amherst for the study on CBG. Mm -hmm. And it's, so it's a sale lab of the department of food science looking for volunteers and they would have the participants consume CBG and have blood samples collected throughout a total of two, eight and a half hour days. And participants would return the following morning after each eight or uh, after each of those eight and a half hour days, 18 years old and older for participants. And there would be no history of pre-existing, and they can't have any pre-existing medical conditions and be willing to abstain from cannabis or hemp use for the two week duration of the study. And might be asked to, uh, would we also be asked to, uh, provide a stool sample and participants can, participants can opt out of the portion of the research. What I wanted to find out was now that's just the idea of what they want for volunteers to participate in the study so they can do the research with what you're bringing them. 
But mm-hmm. what I want to know is, has there been any conversations as to what uh, what answers are looking to be, what questions are looking to be answered that both of you collectively are looking to do? Yeah, it's a, it's a good question. There's multiple audiences uh, for that question, right? So the, the study in isolation will be helpful for understanding how CBG might treat IBS or irritable bowel syndrome. Um, the, the study is designed to analyze how an oil extract alone uh, consumed in a gummy format versus a nano emulsion that we've created in that same gummy format, like how those might treat uh, it differently and how it might be absorbed into the bloodstream differently. So in isolation, we get to understand a, how CBG might uh, impact this, uh, um, uh, these symptoms of, of IBS. But from our perspective, we get to understand a number of different things about our emulsion system, right? How CBG nanoemulsion absorbs versus a distillate, how it absorbs in a gummy format. You know, we have a whole bunch of other data sets back in the lab that we've, that we've worked on to understand, you know, how beverage differs from gummy, how different, you know, molecules act in different emulsifiers, you know, so on and so, so forth. So, um, you know, for us, it's just this continual collection of data, but we're super excited to do kind of more of these specific application studies with UMass um, because we know as a community in the cannabis industry that this is the opportunity. We know cannabis has many, many different applications, but it's been really hard for us to pinpoint exactly what medicines are great for what. And so um, this is just one more step in that direction. And, you know, uh, thank you very much to, you know, David Sella and and Galaxy Story and and the UMass team for for really supporting this because it's important research. and, And I know that their organization is going to have a massive impact uh, on the industry. This is great. This is great to see this research being done. It, the more research, the better. And we don't get to hear enough in this. And there can be people that want to do things where it's, it's kind of a bit of a philanthropic kind of effort It's charitable. You can almost say, but the greater good off of what you're going to find out from all this and that constant pushback on proving time after time the benefits of the plant and the various phytocannabinoids is extremely important. Thank you for putting that out there and letting us know about that. That's really important. We definitely have to keep in touch and and find out, stay in touch about what happens with that down the line. I'd really love to know what findings you come out with in those studies. We're going to go to a break. When we come back, I want to go and ask you about the drink industry right now when it comes to cannabis, THC infused drinks and where Mm -hmm. things are going, because obviously, what you're doing is at the forefront. I'm here again with the CEO of Vertosa, Ben Larson, here on Blunt Business. We're back after a short break. Rolling into some sponsors, but we'll be right back with more Blunt Business. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durban Marshall credit card bill. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. 
From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step -step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Welcome back. I'm here with the CEO of Virtosa, Ben Larson, here on Blunt Business, return guests to the program. Uh, you were recently featured on NutriCast, and you said this quote. I'm going to just take this, but I also want to follow up on some other things. Quote, people definitely look at cannabis and hemp as the panacea of health solutions. Just thought you'd made a great point when you said that. Now, I want to move along to this story from fatherly.com. Never even found this site before, but we're going to bring it up. <laughs> they wrote this, quote, THC drinks come in many forms, including seltzers, ciders, wines, aperitifs, and ready-to-drink can." cocktails so if you enjoy thc they might be worth a try they mentioned from the brightfield group that by 2025 estimates for cannabis beverages are expected to exceed one billion dollars in sales and we could go on for a while like i said before the break about the amount of companies like i said tripling since we last talked to you that vertosi has now become that infusion partner of choice so talk to me about what you've been able to do to keep up with demand while keeping the consistency of the process? Yeah, great question. Um, so keep it up with demand. You know, the, the challenging thing with beverage is that it's a complicated format, right? And so keeping up with demand is really us spending an inordinate amount of time with our partners to A, like formulate and ensure a stable and compatible product, right? So like that's kind of the first stage of, of product development and it takes a lot of time. And because we've been working in this category since it's like fledgling state, which many would argue it still is, we spend, like I, I said, like just an inordinate amount of time working with our customers, often for free, uh, to bring their products to market. And then when they do go to market, you know, it's a it's a small amount of cannabis typically in these products. A lot of them are low dose, you know, call it two to ten milligrams each. And the sell through isn't as great as some of the other categories. And so, right. when you're thinking of it from our perspective as an ingredient provider. You know, the the scale is actually in the number of brands that we work with more so than the number of products being sold through by any single brand. You know, some brands have hit, hit greater traction than others, but even those, you know, it's 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 not the order sizes that are really that are really taxing on our business. It's it's just the, the fervor and, and the interest in the amount of merging brands in the space. And so it's a, a big learning curve for a lot of those uh, CEOs and founders. And because we've touched all these different markets and worked with all these different brands, we've become kind of an information resource for them. So that's one side of the business. Um, you know, we just keep investing in it because we know it's the future. We have a, a, a very strong confidence in, in the form factor itself. We, we see it in action. You know, there's a lot of naysayers still. They're like, you know, people just say, oh, it's only two to 3% of the market. But as things become easier in the supply chain, as we get more scaled manufacturing, more reliable manufacturing, and more exposure to the end consumer, the categories only continue to grow. And so, mm -hmm. a, a, you know, another big part of our business that has scaled has been outside the beverage category, but we still have a lot of beverage zealots on the team. 
Hey, when legalization comes in, whenever that is down the line, we're going to have to understand you're not going to those those people that might just kind of say, oh, it's just two, three percent. Yeah. Well, wait till they find out when you go to a store and the shelves will have in the same place where you buy an alcohol, you will find cannabis infused seltzers and libations and spirits. That's going to happen. Yeah, just accepted as fact. It's just going to be that way. That, that's an important point. You know, and I always say that beverage is truly going to take out, take off and be an interesting category when it's yeah. considered a beverage alternative instead of a cannabis alternative. Right. Um, and unfortunately, right now we're being compared to all other cannabis form factors. But really where we belong is in the infused cannabis section of a total wine or BevMo. Right. Yeah. Like right there next to the hard ciders, right next to there to the to the non alks and I think it's happening. You know, we're already starting to see some movement in some states where, you know, we are going to be able to see that being the first kind of form factor to really hit the open market. And it's because it's low dose. It's because it's more predictable and, and controlled. And there's already that kind of structure in these markets to hold adult beverage aside. Right. There's a oh, yeah. there's a. Yeah. So it's it'll happen in time. And not um, even just with old beverages. You'll see them at convenience stores at some point. You'll see the energy drinks. You'll see that there's going to be uh, sodas out there that will be in the same vein. They will also find their spots on store shelves. Yeah. Well, we have our we have ourselves in a very interesting situation right now. That's very timely. Is that you know there's this been this proliferation of um, you know psychoactive compounds derived from the hemp plant, right? So like CBD being converted into various THCs um, and in what I can only imagine a state of confusion, uh, the Minnesota legislatures passed through and kind of somewhat legalized uh, these cannabinoids in the open uh, open commerce in, in, in infused mm. products. And so we'll see how that rolls out. We'll see if they pedal it back at all. But um, right now it's like it was, it was just a very odd step in, in kind of the legalization, legalization effort. Yeah, I have to read up on that. I want to go and take out a story from InsideHook.com. I actually read them for a lot of things. I don't know. Just there's, <laughs> it's a fascinating website. Uh, they recently featured one of the brands using your technology, uh, which is Moon, spelled M X X N. Yeah. And uh, you know, I'll make this point. Darnell Smith uh, is expecting. We've already got him slated as actually as today. I actually just got him booked into our Days in a Few series. We'll have him recording in July at some point. At the end of Amazing. July or early August, you'll get to hear that episode. So we got them in the books just to let you know. Um, now, this article was titled The Key to Combining Cannabis and Mixology, Remove the Booze. And Moon, for all of you that don't know, it's a BIPOC founder brand claiming to be the spirits industry's first one-to-one non-alcoholic and THC-infused replacement for gin, tequila, and bourbon, led by Darnell Smith, a booze industry vet with over 15 years of experience. And this is the other thing I got to tell you. Well, the, the people that come to the space and the experience they bring in, he worked at Diageo, Pernod Ricard and Bacardi. That's some major heavyweight brands. Uh, he explained the recipe was an easy process, wasn't an easy process. And the brand's early stages, the, to- the technology wasn't there to get the THC evenly distributed throughout the base formula, which he says for dosing reasons was an obvious problem. They eventually utilize Vertosa's nano emotion technology to solve that problem. The company then also had to find, finalize the flavor profile and make the product shelf stable, which proved more difficult to do without alcohol while still utilizing natural ingredients. So talk to me about that. Obviously, these are these ongoing situations, shelf life, 
when it comes to keeping the right flavor profile and then just working with companies like Moon to get them to see where that technology works best for what they're trying to do. Talk to me about that part and the conversations you've had with other and others that have worked in the portfolio of brands that you're working with to process. Yeah. Great question. And, and first I'll, I just start to say, I, Darnell is like one of my favorite founders. Uh, we grabbed lunch in San Francisco not too long ago. So I'm happy to, that he's on the show. And the man is, like you said, just a wealth of knowledge in the beverage space. He's has an incredible presence, both physically and yeah. figuratively. You know, he's, he's, I think a former professional football player right. um, before he got into the beverage space. So uh, just a wonderful person and wonderful product. Um, and what Darnell brought to the table that really actually made him a joy to work with is his understanding that, you know, just like formulating and achieving stability and compatibility, and especially when it comes to flavors and potency, all that kind of stuff. This is par for the course, right? This is what it is to create a beverage and or a product. And what we faced a lot in the early days um, is, and, and still actually faced with some of the competition that comes in the scene. You know, everyone wants to have the, the silver bullet that fits everything. It's perfectly stable, perfectly compatible, you know, clear, flavorless, all this kind of stuff. And it's like, yeah, but what happens when you put it with other ingredients? What happens when you put it through this manufacturing process? And what happens when you put it in this particular type of packaging? And then what happens over time? And it's like, these are all questions that change with every ingredient, every input. And so... Yeah, you might have a great nano emulsion that you develop, but how does it interact with this this ecosystem of of ingredients and processes to create that final product? And so, working along with with Darnell and the team was just one of those journeys where it was just like it was it was challenging at times, but it was also you know a, a learning experience for everyone, and everyone was dedicated to coming out with a great product. And you know, I, I think he knocked it out of the park with Moon. Um, but yeah, it's, you know, for us, when we sit down with a new product, it's like, okay, what, what type of sweeteners are you going to use? Like what type of flavors, what's the flavor stability in those flavors that you're using? What's the color stability? You know, these are all things that are important and can be impacted by the, the nano emulsions that we use. And so it's a very important ingredient and, you know, shouldn't be an afterthought. And so that's, I, I think that was the big journey that we went on is like, maybe the assumption was that it, the infusion could be like coming at the very end and be an afterthought where it was actually an important part of the process. If there was one thing you could say, and we're not, there could be a lot of things we could start talking about, but within all the companies you've worked with, if there's one thing that has been a game changer with what you're doing with your nano emotional technology that you've learned and you've adjusted and adapted to because or adopted because of the fact of working with one of these companies without mentioning, is there any one thing that you've learned that you said, you know what, in this, because of this company and what this, this dilemma that they had, we did something even better. Yeah. You know, uh, it, it kind of harkens back to what I was just saying regarding like flavor uh, and mouthfeel and the things that we all look for, whether we know it or not in a beverage. Right. And so we were working with a, a large beer brand in the earlier days and we had multiple emulsion systems that they could use for their product. Mm -hmm. One was quote unquote clear and more flavorless than the, than the others. Uh, one was a little bit more opaque, but a little bit more palatable. Um, and we went through this infusion session and one tasted exactly like the control. Like we infused it, 
it's like, oh, this is great. It looks and tastes just like we made it, uh, you know, without the infusion. It's like, all right, for us, that was a huge success, right? It's like to be able to like hit that level of standard, uh, we were super happy about. Then they tried the next one and it had a little bit of smaller droplet size, a little bit more bite to it. And they, you know, they, everyone kind of looked at each other and it's like, oh, that one has a little bit more of an adult appeal. It was hard to put your, your <laughs> finger on, but, it, um, you know, it was just this little bit of a bite that kind of let you like reminded you that there was something in it and that's what they ended up going with. And so, nice. you know, everyone thinks they know what they want. Um, but when we get down into it and we start talking about what are your priorities and, and we put in front of it, you know, maybe they choose something that's opaque and then they work with the coloring to make it look um, the way they want it, um, where they maybe previously thought they wanted the clear, uh, but because of the trade-offs um, or the packaging and the stability, you know, that they decide to go with something else. And that's been the, the interesting part of the process. And so that's how we've gotten to build such great relationships with all the brands that we work with is we're very involved in, in that product development process because we really care about the, the category as a whole. And, and for the category to win, all these products and all these brands need to be great. And so that's, that's what our team is, is dedicated to doing. It's kind of interesting. You make mention that I was just looking back and I was just thinking about remember when Barks had the root beer and they say Barks has bite. It's that yeah. kind of thing to it. Yeah. But that's also with beer because you want to have not just the alcohol. When you don't have the alcohol, you're going to replace it. You mm-hmm. want to have something there that gives that kind of because with beer, you're supposed to have that feeling to it. Yeah, it's a hard yeah. beverage. So there, there's the hard part. That's that's the hard uh, part of what you're looking for. That makes all the sense to me. So I'm glad you were able to go and figure that part out. So it depends on which kind of drinks you'll realize what the real kind of component goes behind it. Anyway, mm-hmm. let's go to another break. Uh, by the way, you need to go to the website. If you're looking, if you have a company out there and you're looking to go ahead and look into having your own beverages or products that need need their managing technology, then their website is vertosa.com, V-E-R-T-O-S-A.com, V-E-R-T-O-S-A.com. Take a look at the website as we go to break. We'll be back with final questions with Ben Larson, their CEO of Vertosa, after this. Rolling into some sponsors, but we'll be right back with more Blunt Business. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. I'm back with final questions with the CEO of Vertosa, Ben Larson here on Blunt Business. So I'm going back to that Inside Hook article we talked about, which, by the way, is titled The Key to Combining Cannabis and Mixology, Remove the Booze. Now, they said this as well. I referenced that quote, the world of THC and alcohol haven't really crossed over. And to be honest, that's probably for the best. Not all potentially buzzy experiences need to be need to or should be intertwined. 
But if you take away booze from that crossover while keeping the idea of mixology in place, suddenly the small but growing industry of bartender friendly cannabinoid of few spirits and mixtures makes more sense. That's what they said in the article. Article. And we talk about Darnell Smith. Shout out to him. And he told Inside Hook he thinks that products like Moon will appeal to the health conscious and non-boozy drinkers, but also believes they offer real potential to unite the worlds of drinks and cannabis. Quote, we're not here to completely replace your booze or how you consume it. We're here to provide a new experience and evolve cocktail culture. So lastly, questioner here, where do you think uh, about where cannabis related beverages will ultimately land in the world of wine and spirits? Down the line, you know, you're obviously going to be a part of that market. Where do you see brands like what you're working with? Where are they going to stand on the store shelves? Where are we going to be able to find them everywhere? Will it be that full exposure? And we're just going to be used to having cannabis infused beverages just as part of the normal marketplace. You know, it's a really interesting question. And it's 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 hard to imagine a, a fully integrated future, right? Because we are so used to beverages adult beverages being built around alcohol. Like there, there aren't many other substitutions. We see other uh, emerging products categories that don't involve cannabis in the beverage space. Um, you know, one brand that pops to mind is like Ken Euphorics, right? They use a lot of different ingredients to create kind of a, an alternative experience. And, you know, if we start to see the emergence of these different products, I can very much see them kind of have their own slotting, you know, like I was mentioning, if you, if you go to like a BevMo, there's very clear sections about, okay, here's your non-alcoholic section, right? Mm -hmm. Here's your hard apple ciders or, or hard kombuchas. And it's really easy to navigate that. So I could very much imagine it in, in kind of those realms. Um, the big question is like, do we continue to see these requirements around child safety? Uh, for instance, you know, in the, in the cannabis dispensaries, you, you have like these specialized tops that add actually a pretty significant amount of cost to, to the manufacturing of the product. Sure. Um, but it's not required for alcohol. And, and the big question is, why is that? Obviously, it's the stigma. And so it's the stigma alone that it's going to create this really drawn out evolution of where we see cannabis in the open marketplace. Um, further to that, you know, just what are the motivators behind, you know, these, these different uh, retail establishments? Um, you know, I find personally that when I consume cannabis, I consume a lot less alcohol. And so, yeah. you know, yeah, it might create something for me and might create something interesting, but if the entire audience starts to dabble, like in this realm, what if alcohol sales go down? I, I, I imagine for the greater society and, and public health, that'd probably be a good thing. But for the, the retail owners, maybe not, maybe it's less desirable. So maybe they course correct on their own. And I don't know, that's the beauty of an open and free market, right? That's yeah, that's very competitive and aggressive. Cause I mean, I, look how many times you can just go to, like you see a BevMo or I, you know, I can say ABC or total wine or just go to other stores and you see the changing of the shelves and what goes up there and what becomes popular. I mean, mm -hmm. how many energy drinks? How many energy drinks have we seen in the last decade that have come and go? Yeah. Immediately, just switch, 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 or even in the alcohol space, or just beer. There's just so much because now we have the overabundance of microbrews and IPAs, and it's just changing everything. It's it's well, hard to get up there and be everywhere now. 
it, it, it brings up a good point. And so much about beverage is, is now on like this mass production distribution. Like those are the things that really lead to scale in, in the beverage space. And especially right now with like good cost of goods increasing as much as they are, you know, I see micro brews like skyrocketing in price and, and it's yeah. because it's becoming really hard for them to, to compete in the open market, whether it's cans or their, their ancillary ingredients. And so, you know, what does this mean for cannabis beverage in the future where distribution is really challenging, retail is really challenging? Um, you know, I, I think it's an opportunity for there to be disruption and innovation in kind of the whole supply chain itself, right? We see, yeah. you know, ginger commerce and grass door coming up in the, the kind of direct to consumer delivery. We see people getting creative with how they're packaging their, their cannabis beverages, the potencies, you know, so on and so forth. We have Uncle Arnie's here in California that has been uh, going gangbusters and it's a hundred milligrams, you know, a 12 ounce. Um, that's a lot different than, than what we're seeing with, you know, the, the six milligram cans, two milligrams THC. Um, and so, you know, I, I think it's yet to be told, but we will see it start making its way. We, we have a Rosemary Jane in Oakland where they've designed an entire bar, um, that will be a consumption lounge and serve yeah. cannabis beverage. Like that's really exciting. That creates access. Same with the, you know, the, the, the consumption lounges and restaurants down in Los Angeles, you know, being able to order a cannabis beverage while you're consuming a meal, you know, that creates an access point where you can at least try it without like a full commitment to buying, you know, a $30 six pack or something yeah. like that. And so the time's coming. Um, and I think once the, politicians either age out and get replaced by our generation oh, or just get exposed to the opportunity. Like maybe we start <laughs> seeing some changes, but uh, Lord knows we've all seen uh, how fast that's been happening over the last you know, six years. So. Oh yeah. Well, it's going to happen. It just, you know, there's just too many other things that are being put together. And I mean, yeah, look, it's not like the effort's not being made. I've already said this before, $40 million that was put in lobbying efforts towards the more act, but senators that want to pay, they just did not want to go forward. And yeah. it's every time. Well, this is where we need that midterm election coming up just to shake up. And it doesn't matter what political side, just to shake the tree and clear out all the corruption as we can, as much as possible. And yeah. I hope the American I mean, people will do that so that we can get to something like this. Man, look, I, I don't want to show too many of my political colors, but I, I right. think the federal government has proven to be pretty ineffective across the board. And there's across everything and cannabis just isn't a high enough priority for them to really be focusing on. And so it comes down to what's going to happen at the state level as it has been happening. Right. And I think it's over time, we're going to see a de-emphasis of of the federal government and a a bigger emphasis on states uh, with, you know, alliances, cross-state alliances happening. We already see the groundwork being laid in Oregon and in California. And, you know, looking at the Eastern seaboard as as all those different states legalize and they're much smaller than the, the Western states, like it's only going to make sense to allow for some cross-state commerce. And with that, we get scale, right? Which is funny. Like, I mean, I remember we're talking about before and I remember seeing a story about how there are states that are looking to work together to create some interstate commerce where they'll, if they're adjoining states, they're going to try to make it where they can go state to state commerce, which is the right way to go. But you know, mm-hmm. I'll just say this as we close out, Washington, D.C., if you're listening, if you haven't listened to this program, maybe some of you do, there is one thing. Listen, besides lining your pockets with, you know, lobbying money, you know, you always care about being reelected. Do you want to know the easiest win for a, for a political party or for somebody as a congressional leader? 
to stay elected and stay in office, the easiest win is legalization. Okay. Easy yeah. win. Not that hard. Convince your fellow mates to go ahead and do the same. I'm telling you, stop pushing around. Stop pussyfooting around. Just do it. Just do it. It's eventual. It's going to happen. Let it be. And error is going to win in the, in the long run. Ben, thanks so much for being on with us again. Website is Vertosa, V-E-R-T-O-S-A.com. Uh, real quickly, for those that want to reach out to your team and they will be interested in what you're able to offer, talk to them real quick about what you offer and then how people can learn more about what you're doing. Yeah, look, uh, like I mentioned at the top of the show, uh, we're active in many different states. We're headquartered in California, but very active in, in Canada and, and many other states. In fact, almost every legal state is accessible by our team now. Um, so if you're looking to create an infused beverage or some other fast acting format, format like a gummy, lozenge, mouth spray, you know, so on and so forth, give us a call. Uh, we'll, we'll work with you. And look, if we're not the right team, we'll, we'll hopefully be able to make some connections for you and get you pointed in the right direction. So either way, uh, Vertosa.com is the place uh, to find us. If you want to reach me directly, it's the letter B at Vertosa.com. Fantastic. So thank you again, Ben. Always great to have you on. We'll definitely keep in touch. We'll make sure to go ahead and uh, just keep us abreast of any new things that are going on especially that research. If will you learn anything, I know your team will get back to us and, and we'll definitely go ahead and get you back on again. Thank you so much, Jorge. It's been great. My pleasure. And thank you again, folks, for listening to the show. By all means, email me if you have any questions or comments or you have any topics you want me to bring here up on the program, any guests, or if you think you should be a guest on the program, email me, Brasco, B-R-A-S-C-O at CannabisRadio.com. And please make sure to rate and review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Great places to go. I listen to a lot of podcasts on both. And if they're allowing the rate and reviews up there, we want to make sure this show gets heard by everybody. Your ratings and your reviews will make that possible. Thanks for listening again. We'll talk to you next time. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast, republication, or retransmission of this program without proper consent is prohibited. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.